Blog Talk Radio. Triple H came out here and he did a lot of talking about dreams. And dreams are funny because what people are talking about when they're talking about dreams are not the things that are going through your brain as you're sleeping at night. They're the things you think about and wish for right before you go to sleep. And ever since I was a little kid, ever since I was a little kid, man, all I thought about and wished for when I laid in bed at night was to be a wrestler, you know? And not just be a wrestler, but to be the best. And not just to be the best, but to headline WrestleMania. And now here I am. I've, <laughs> it's unreal. I've actually got this opportunity if I can beat Triple H. Which is no easy task, especially considering the fact that he hates me. And, and not me as a person. I think he thinks that I'm a good guy. I'm a genuine like, hey, yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. But he hates me as a businessman. So it's no easy task. But I'm not here because of Triple H. I'm not here because of the authority. I am here because of the people. Because of the yes movement. Because people would not let their voices be denied. And welcome to King Jordan Radio for WrestleMania Week, April 1, 2014. This is King Jordan you're listening to. And today we're joined with several uh, analysis. Guest number one is from Chicago. He is our wrestling insider as we break down WrestleMania. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the one and only Double J, JJ. Good evening, JJ, and welcome to King Jordan Radio. How are you, pal? Hey, King. Great to be on. I like what you said at the start of the show. It's WrestleMania week. It's not just one night. It's not just a weekend. It's the whole entire week. It's WrestleMania almost every day. Everything that's going on with the superstars, promoting the event, everything. It's a whole week full of events. No question. Okay, we have another analyst uh, here to join us. Let's see who we got. Okay. Party, you're on the air. Who do we got? Okay, let's try somebody else. Party, you're on the air. King Jordan, what's up? Dominic. Hey, hey, Dominic. JJ, Welcome. how you doing, bro? What's up, man? Great to have you on. Yeah, glad to be here. Looks like the King's Court is in order. We got the <laughs> yeah, band man. here. We're going to be talking about WrestleMania week. Yes, indeed. And uh, I said week, wow. not weed. <laughs> well, uh, they had the press conference today, JJ. And That's did right. you get a chance to see it? Yeah, I did uh, catch it. It was pretty much your standard press conference. Although even the WWE had to admit, and they addressed this several times, it was very and eerily quiet for a press conference. And I don't think they were expecting that. They were hoping that there would be a good crowd there you know, cheering and being into the the show and everybody who was there. I mean, you had Hulk Hogan speaking, you had Triple H speaking, Stephanie, 
Daniel Bryan, Randy Orton, and, of course, John Cena and Batista all spoke about WrestleMania, what it means to them, promoting the show, promoting the network. And the fans were kind of, yeah, you know, again, this is press, this is media. They're talking about photographers, reporters. You know, these aren't your typical WWE fans. So they didn't make a whole lot of noise. But it was, you know, pretty standard, like I said. Uh, Daniel Bryan, I thought, spoke from the heart, as you just played in the opening clip, where they talked about, you know, WrestleMania being, you know, a dream to main event. You know, it's something when you're a kid, or even if you're a professional wrestler today, you know, whether you're in the independence or the WWE itself or NXT, you always kind of hope and dream that you get the opportunity to not just go to WrestleMania, but to be in the main event, to close the show of shows. I mean, it's just the biggest honor you could hope for. And this was a dream for him. And it's something that it could very well happen this year. Uh, you know, Stephanie was on there. She talked about WrestleMania, of course. And, you know, when she was a little girl, when her dad had the vision for WrestleMania 1, and when it was on closed circuit uh, TV, where you basically could only really see it if you were at the arena or if you saw it maybe at a theater or if you bought it on VHS tape uh, afterwards. That was the only way you could catch WrestleMania 1. And now, uh, years later, you had, of course, pay-per-view, and now we have the WWE Network and live streaming. It's the digital age. It's a whole new era in how you watch WrestleMania. And, uh, you know, Batista came out, which I thought was very kind of comical. He had this script in his hands, and he said, you know, I'm not going to come here and read the script and give you the same old, same old. Whoever wrote this script should be fired. So I'm just going to talk to you, you know, the way I would, whatever. So he came up here, and he addressed the fans and the Yes movement, and he addressed the whole Bootista. He addressed the skinny jeans, and he kind of made some jokes at his own expense. But uh, he even talked about Twitter, and then he had to catch himself, and he meant Twitter. But, uh, you know, he went out there, and he seemed to go off the cuff, so it was somewhat enjoyable to hear Batista. But, of course, John Cena, Triple H, they were very professional. They were very, you know, very, you know, uh, what, what they said. It was pretty standard at a press conference. They're there in their suit, and they're very proper, and they're addressing, ooh, WrestleMania means to me, and this is the biggest show of the year. It's like, yeah, we kind of get that. Uh, that's why I like Daniel Bryan and Batista. They didn't feel, you know, forced down your throat. Randy Orton was uh, pretty much quick to the point. He just flat out said, listen, I don't do a lot of these. I don't do a lot of these press conferences. I don't like coming here and talking. I do my work in the ring. It was pretty straight to the point. But, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. It's something different. You know, we could actually watch the whole thing, which is about 45 minutes on the Dirty Network. And uh, as, you, as you said, as Dominic said, this is WrestleMania week. It started yesterday with Monday Night Raw. It continues today with the press conference. It continues tonight on the WWE Network. If you are able to watch WrestleMania Rewind, they're going to be featuring WrestleMania, I believe, 18, which features none other than Triple H uh, taking on Chris Jericho for the Undisputed Championship. They're going to have an in-depth look at this match, this match that I think is overlooked because so many people were focused on Rock Hogan not many people were very interested in the main event, which saw Triple H making his return to the ring after tearing his quadricep muscle and challenging Chris Jericho for the undisputed uh, WWE championships. So 
That's and it continues tomorrow and Thursday and Friday and of course WWE Access and the Hall of Fame on Saturday and then it's WrestleMania itself on Sunday. So there's so much going on this week. It is WrestleMania week. Yes, indeed. But before we get into WrestleMania week, this is an anniversary of some sorts. How Vince McMahon and WWE killed WCW. Let's take a listen. 13 years ago this week on March 23, 2001, the day that changed the wrestling business forever. It was the day that WWE officially bought out their competition, WCW. They put out a press release saying, World Wrestling Federation Entertainment today announced its purchase of the World Championship Wrestling brand from Turner Broadcasting System, a division of AOL Time Warner. Purchase of WCW creates a tag team partnership with the WWE brand that is expected to propel the sports entertainment genre to new heights. It didn't quite work out that way. In keeping with the company's strategic alliance with Viacom, new WCW programming is anticipated to air on TNN in the near future. The possibility of cross-brand storylines and intrigue, however, may start as early as Raw this coming Monday night. This is a quote now from Linda McMahon. She said, This acquisition is the perfect creative and business catalyst for our company. This is a dream combination for fans of sports entertainment. The incendiary mix of World Wrestling Federation and WCW personalities potentially create intriguing storylines that will attract a larger fan base to the benefit of our advertisers and business partners and propel sports entertainment to new heights. You know, when I, when I think back to that day and everything that happened, and now reading this, because I went back, I found the press release and reading all this garbage, and it makes me sad, you know. I mean, WCW deserved to die. Make no mistake about it. They got exactly what they deserved because there, lots of different people ran that company into the ground. I'm surprised it even lasted as long as it did. Uh, the way that they treated that company and the booking and everything else and all the stupid decisions, they deserved to die. But it's a shame that it had to happen because it, it hurt so many different people. It hurt fans. It hurt the wrestlers. It hurt everybody. And here you read them, oh, it's going to launch wrestling to new heights didn't happen it's going to attract new audiences to wrestling didn't happen all it did was it drove away the old wcw audience who wanted nothing to do with wwf and there were old wcw fans who who kind of stuck around a little bit at the beginning and they were curious they wanted to see where it was going to go and they didn't like what they saw and they abandoned ship and a lot of those guys never came back and wwe to this day is always trying to attract those old wrestling fans maybe not the wcw ones but they're always talking about a lapse audience, right? They're thinking of like the Attitude Era fans. They're always trying to get back those old people. But they chased away so many WCW fans the way they handled this at the beginning. It just it pisses me off just to think back to, to what they had and how they pissed it all away. And even in their own press release, they admit it. They admit that there was going to be WCW show on TNN. Again, the plan, as I understood it, was always for WCW to take over the Raw spot to give Raw to WCW, whether they would have called it Raw or not, I don't know, and then let the WWE guys have their time on, on SmackDown on Thursdays. Now, I don't know that I would have done it that way. I, I wouldn't have given up Raw for them, but that's how serious they were. You know, Vince McMahon was serious. He said the only way to make this a success is you've got to go all out, and you can't give them SmackDown because SmackDown is always going to be the number two show. You know, he had enough foresight to know that if we're going to make this work, we've got to make them number one. They've, we've got to give them that prime real estate on Monday nights. We'll be okay. People are going to tune in to find The Rock and Stone Cold and all of our guys. 
on Thursday nights, but they they had plans in place, and they just pissed it all away. It was that Booker T. Buff Bagwell match in Tacoma, Washington, and Vince pitched a fit because the match sucked, and the crowd crapped all over it because, to them, WCW was the enemy, and we have to boo them, and we have, you know, they're they're not the WWF guys, so we don't like them. We've always been conditioned to think that. Plus, the match sucked, and that was it. All those plans got dropped. I mean, I can't even begin to imagine how things might look had they moved forward. I mean, maybe it would have failed anyway, and we'd be right where we are now. There's no way of knowing. It's like the biggest what-if question in the history of wrestling. (laughs) You know, what if? What if this thing had actually worked and had gone off without a hitch, and they tried to run two separate promotions, basically, and then build to an interpromotional supercard at WrestleMania? And actually bring in big names right off the bat. Don't wait a year. Don't wait two years to bring in Hogan and Nash and Goldberg and they never even brought in Sting. Get these guys at the beginning. Get them in the first, like, six months and slowly bring them in and roll them out. And maybe things would have worked out a little bit differently. Instead, it's Survivor Series that year. They blew the whole thing off. And everything in this press release that Linda McMahon and the other people they quote, everything they talked about from creating new programming to attracting new fans and all these different things... Never happened. It never panned out. The only thing that did happen is they did mention the tape library in their, in their press release, and that's the one thing that they've made a shitload of money on. And it's actually amazing how well the WCW DVDs are doing now. The Goldberg DVD was the number one selling DVD, I think, of the most recent quarter. And they had a, a War Games DVD. I think they had the best of WCW Volume 1 that came out. Those are some of the highest performing DVDs they've done in the last year. And that's why they're doing a volume two. They're doing more. They want to do more WCW releases. And that's another reason why I think it's inevitable that Sting is coming in, whether he wrestles or not. I mean, you can use him to promote the DVDs. You can use him to promote the WCW content to drive people to subscribe to the network because there's still people out there who, who are interested in the old stuff. They don't give a shit about the new stuff, but it's that old stuff that they want to see. There's, there's still an audience out there for it. Okay, JJ, let me start with you. What do you think of that commentary? Well, uh, you know, I agree when you uh, you have sort of hindsight and you look back at what you could have done, what have, could have, should have, what if. You know, there's a lot of things, you know, we wonder what could have happened. And I do think that they maybe did, you know. They wanted to have their separate Nitro and sort of make it its own thing. And we even sort of saw that when they kind of had that first match as he was discussing Buff Bagwell versus Booker T, and they had the WCW announcers, and they had the WCW referees, and I remember it being so strange. Even though I was a fan of WCW, and I was familiar with these guys, but seeing them on Raw, it was different, and it just uh, it just felt weird. And uh, the fans weren't into it. They decided, you know, you know, maybe they don't like it. Maybe, you know, like Vince said, this isn't working. These guys aren't delivering. How can we give them their own brand, their own show? They're just going to be a huge failure and disappointment. So why don't we just merge them with our guys? And that's sort of what we saw with the invasion, and we saw, you know, WWE and the Alliance, and they even brought ECW into the fold. And, you know, they didn't have the key guys that you would have wanted, like the Hogan, the Hall, Nash, Sting, or even Steiner, who came a little later. But uh, for the talent they had, they did the best that they could. Could it have been better? Of course. Like I said, when you look back, all the things you could have done differently, you can pinpoint what worked and what didn't. But at the time, it was completely new. They didn't really know what they were doing or what to do. It was just a giant experiment. And 
it didn't really work, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, it, it is what it is, and eventually they did have that sort of brand split when they did have, you know, Raw and SmackDown became separate shows. They did have those two different shows, although it wasn't on two different networks. But they eventually did it, but they did it their way with their talent. Absolutely. Dominic, what about you? What's your take? Well, I like WCW for quite a while, but it lost a lot when it yeah. when it was no longer the NWA. It did That's true. It, it did lose a lot. Um, when they had the open door policy and everybody was coming in and going out and we were seeing a lot of different people, it was real good. Even Rick Martel showed up there. Then all of a sudden yep. everything fizzled out and the storylines were horrible. Whoever was booking was horrible. Blame that on Hogan and Bischoff and Vince Russo and whoever was doing it. They they destroyed they destroyed it. They destroyed it. That's too many cooks in the kitchen. And that's yeah. how the soup gets fucked up. <laughs> there you go. Okay, I think we have Blackjack Brown. Blackjack, are you with us? My brother, how are you? Blackjack, good Dominic, evening, my man. JJ, King. Brother Blackjack. Okay. Everything is for the moment. We are uh, embarking on WrestleMania just a few days away. And uh, another match that's coming up. Um, the question is, why Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker, the build has been very disappointing. Let's take a listen to this commentary, and we'll debate it on the other side. Batista vs. Randy Orton is the main event for the Go Home Raw show this Monday. And just think, had fans reacted differently to Big Dave's comeback, that would have been our WrestleMania main event this year. And instead, we get it for free on TV six days early. So we had the main event segment which was Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman coming out to confront The Undertaker, which ended in another beatdown of Brock Lesnar. Brock got sent over the top rope on top of the casket, because there was a casket at ringside, Undertaker popped up out of it. They had the Druids come out to bring the casket to the ring. and I mean, Heyman and Lesnar stalled for about six weeks, I think, before they finally opened the casket. Nobody was inside. And Undertaker, through his trickery, you know, he ended up being in the casket again later on. He did his little zombie sit-up. He came in the ring. He showed some fire, threw some punches at Brock. So Brock got sent over the top rope, on top of the casket, almost broke his neck. Not the first time that's happened since he came back. Uh, there's one more week to go, but this is the match that I have been most disappointed in. As, as underwhelming as the undercard has been as a whole, uh, here, this is one of the main events. And out of every individual match, this is the one that I'm most disappointed in. Uh, the main event situation, they worked out by adding the stipulation that either Brian or Triple H will be added to the main event, uh, I think is really good. John Cena versus Bray Wyatt, I'm digging the build. But this has been a massive letdown. And I think a lot of that has to do with them going with the whole dead man, supernatural undertaker, instead of some kind of hybrid dead man, you know, big evil, badass character for the guy. There was a huge buzz when he showed up at that UFC show three years ago and Brock walked right by him. Okay, Brock had just gotten his ass kicked. He lost his fight. Undertaker was there to watch his fight live. Michelle McCool was with him. 
and Brock is exiting the cage. The show is over. Undertaker's there being interviewed by Ariel Helwani. Everyone's seen the clip. The clip went viral, millions of hits. All he did, all Brock did, Brock never said a word. He walked right by The Undertaker, and The Undertaker's like, oh, you want to do it? You want to do it? That was it. And he was hoping to get a match with Brock at WrestleMania that year. But I remember there being such a big buzz around that. It was literally five seconds of Brock and him, and him staring at each other and, and Taker saying that. And look, Brock wanted to do the match. Undertaker, Vince McMahon wanted to do the match. Dana White wouldn't let him do it because he was under contract still with the UFC. If he had let Brock do the match, you think it would have been Undertaker popping up out of caskets and, and druids and hoods as the build-up to that match? Of course not. It would have been Brock, this is my yard, you think you're big and tough, coming from that world, you can end the streak, you're going to rest in peace. And then they could have had some, you know, pull-apart brawls, and it would have been huge. It would have been huge. Now, you know, Brock's been out of UFC for a while. The luster really isn't there anymore, like when he first came back. I love Brock. I think he's a great character. He still feels special, largely because he only wrestles three times a year. Most of the time he's not on television. I guarantee you if Brock Lesnar was on television every week with the writing on this show, he would have been ruined a long time ago. So he's still special, but he doesn't have that outside appeal that he had. He doesn't have that box office uh, appeal, I guess, that he had initially when he first came back. That's long gone now. But they still could have built this up as a fight, and they didn't do that. And I think that's hurt the match. Now, maybe it was done that way because Undertaker's too old, and he's too fragile, and they don't think he could handle it. I mean, it's been totally one-sided in the build-up so far. Even if they're afraid he's going to get hurt, and they don't want... Brock to lay him out on TV. They still could have done the build-up differently, but you know it's the same Lord of Darkness, Smoke and Soul stuff that we've seen before. Brock's different. You know they probably should have tried to make this more real and maybe play off their history together. Undertaker has never beaten Brock Lesnar in a match on pay-per-view. They've had three of them, but as we saw with the Undertaker Triple H match at WrestleMania 27. They don't want to acknowledge that period from 2000 to 2003 where Undertaker wasn't the dead man. You know, on DVDs, on the network, that stuff is all there, but they're not going to go ahead in their build-up on television and, and put footage on television that shows The Undertaker being anything but The Undertaker that we see now. It's like it never happened. So the match may end up being awesome. I'm not saying it's going to be a crap match. As a matter of fact, I think this match could be one of the best matches on the entire show. Because I think Brock's going to go in there, and Brock's going to bump around for this guy like it's nobody's business, because Brock's actually very good at that. And Undertaker, you know, say what you want about The Undertaker. I think when it's, when it's go time, he'll deliver. So I think they could have a very good match. But I, I have not been feeling this buildup at all. Aside from them playing off Undertaker's age, which I think is smart, and it makes sense, that I like, but... I think this should have been built up more as, as a fight and more of a personal uh, issue between these two guys instead of the same old Undertaker, let me come out and work my magic, and Brock can act scared and he can, you know, take some bumps. And that's really all there is to it. There really isn't much to this match. So Undertaker's going to deliver his final address to Brock Lesnar on the go-home show this Monday. I don't know what else there is for him to say. He's kicked his ass every single time they've been in the ring together. I mean, maybe he'll come out and say, listen, for your own good, you may as well just stay home and forfeit the match. 
Because it's not like Brock stands a chance at WrestleMania anyway. All right, let's start with JJ. Agree or disagree? Oh, 100% I agree. I think of all the matches, we have eight matches for WrestleMania 30, and this to me has been a big letdown, unfortunately, just because there's so much more they could have done. That UFC, you know, say they could have gotten maybe a clip or a photo, and they could have brought that up. The history they had before, as he mentioned, when Taker was, you know, the American badass or whatever, they have a history. The fact that Brock Lesnar has actually defeated The Undertaker, that's the whole idea. You want doubt. The Undertaker in the streak, 21-0, and 0, you want doubt. You want doubt that someone could possibly defeat the streak. And there's no doubt. Everybody says Taker's going to win. It's an automatic given. Nobody gives, you know, Brock any shot at actually beating this. Granted, if there was ever someone who'd taken on the streak, you would give it to Brock. He is that legitimate guy, an ultimate fighter, an NCAA wrestling champion. This is the guy. He's got the size. He's the beast. He is believable. But yet I don't believe. They haven't done enough to make me believe that Brock could beat this guy. And there's so much they could have done. Like I said, the history involved. They have Paul Heyman there talking on Brock Lesnar's behalf. And, you know, Heyman's always gold on the mic, but there's only so much he can do. And, again, Brock and Undertaker are both part-timers. So you're not having these guys coming out every week and building up to the match. You kind of have them come out now because, hey, hello, it's WrestleMania. But other than that, there's so much that they didn't, they weren't able to do. And, like I said, part of it is because they're part-times. Part of it is because the WWE wants to protect the dead man's image. They don't maybe want to acknowledge that, as he pointed out with Triple H. Triple H taking on the streak those two years before, I mean, by far, that was actually Triple H took on The Undertaker many years uh, back when, uh, again, when Taker was the dead, was the, the American badass, but they don't acknowledge it. They assume that, you know, you only remember the last two matches Triple H had. You don't remember that third match. Just like with Brock, you don't remember Brock, you know, beating The Undertaker or beating him in Hell in a Cell, you know, beating him with the undisputed title on the line. They don't acknowledge that. They're just seeing, you know, The Undertaker, the dead man, he rises from the coffin, and that's about it. I was glad yesterday on Raw they did give Brock some momentum going into WrestleMania. He actually f 5 The Undertaker and laid him out. But beyond that one thing, that's just not enough for me but that's just my opinion. Dominic, what's your opinion? Yeah, they could have did a lot, a lot more to promote this match. To me, promoting-wise, it is a letdown. It, it really and truly is. I thought they would have been a better build-up than this. Last night, they did show a little video clip of Brock and his UFC stuff. But as for the American badass Undertaker... Nobody seems to want to remember that or ever bring it to the forefront that he wasn't always the dead man. He did the biker gimmick, and it was over. I enjoyed him as the biker gimmick, but I haven't seen anything on it, and nobody's even acknowledging it. Blackjack, your thoughts? It's definitely a different world with wrestling and the way uh, they've would trade it. They got this network. This is a big thing as well. Uh, it everything. It just it all depends. I mean, uh, I, I still 
would love to see uh, Undertaker versus Brock, but uh, yeah, uh, Taker's not uh, what, what we remember him as. That's definitely, you know what I'm saying. Uh, as, as everyone has pointed out, what he is now, you know. But what they, I, I just think that they're ready to uh, Undertaker's ready to. Uh, this probably might be his last match. Wow. I would think, you know. Uh, well, we've been saying that for a while, but uh, I don't think so. I don't know. Uh, I mean, uh, it's just every year. It's just a yearly thing now, you know. We know which is nice to always see Undertaker, you know, but. I think he's going to go to 25-0 and and then retire. I think he's going to do it a couple more years. Wow. That would be the right thing to do. Yeah. I can't see anybody beating him. No, no. Even though JBL said every streak needs to be broken, you got it in baseball, but by the time another guy comes close to breaking a streak, he's going to retire way before he gets a chance to break the streak. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Okay, let's get to our predictions for this Sunday's WrestleMania in New Orleans, Louisiana. At the Big Easy, if you will. In the Big, in the big Easy, yeah, the home of the New Orleans Saints. Um, outdoors again. JJ, let me give you the mic. Um, you have the matches. Wow. Yeah, it's it's difficult. You know, uh, I look at the pre-show now. They announced that uh, the WWE will have a two-hour pre-show for WrestleMania. The first hour will be free. You can watch it on YouTube. You can watch it on WWE.com. But then the second hour, from what I understand, will be exclusive to the WWE Network. I'm not sure if you order WrestleMania 30 on pay-per-view, on cable or satellite, if you'll get that second hour. But according to what I've been reading, that second hour will include the pre-show match, which will be that fatal four-way for the tag team championships. And that tag team championships uh, will be defended by the Usos. Jimmy and Jay will be defending the tag titles against Rybaxel, which is Ryback and Curtis Axel, the Real Americans, which is Antonio Cesaro, Jack Swagger, and they will also be going up against Los Matadors. So it will be a fatal four-way for the tag team titles. Before WrestleMania 30 and this match was announced, I thought that the Usos would go on to win the titles at WrestleMania, but they're coming into WrestleMania as the tag champions. So I would like to think that they'll probably retain them, but uh, you never know. I mean, Cesaro and the Real Americans are very big. I notice every week uh, at arenas, there's lots of We the People chants. So there's a lot of, I think it's either between the Real Americans and the Usos, but I'm probably going to go with the Usos just because I think they deserve to have their WrestleMania moment. They've worked a very long time to get to this point. They just won the tag titles for the first time. They've been in this company for you know several years, and for them to be winning the tag titles for the first time uh, last month in March and now they're going into the biggest pay-per-view of the year, WrestleMania, as the champions. I hope that they defend it successfully. Is, I agree is, with is you. Ryan back in there in a tag team match? 
That's right, Cry, uh, Ryback Baxel, which is Ryback and Curtis Axel, Mr. Perfect Son. They are a team. I think that that's the team to give it to. They've been uh, jobbing out to uh, every other week to where you wouldn't really give them a chance. I go with the underdog there. Yeah, they are the well, underdog. Because they won. They right back to exactly right. When's the last time they won? <laughs> that's true. They haven't won in ages. Uh, Not even single matches. <laughs> Go with I them. don't know what happened, uh, like, uh, with Ryback. I mean, they built him up. They built him up like he was going to be the next Goldberg. Then he yeah. loses to Mark Henry. And yeah. then all disaster, man. I wonder who he pissed off. <laughs> I mean, this guy has the look. Granted, he's not the best wrestler, but he has the look. He has the it factor. So I don't understand. I really don't. But uh, I'm going to go with the uh, Usos on that match. Okay, JJ, let's go to the next match. Wow, uh, I wasn't even asked. Now I'm <laughs> hurt. How about you, my friend? Oh, I'm sorry. No, nah, that's all right. I'm going to go with the Usos to retain. I don't think yeah. uh, I don't think Swagger and Cesaro are still on the same page. Every time they get beat, Zeb Coulter looks like he's going to have a coronary. And... Uh, <laughs> The other two teams, I don't think they're going to do anything. I'm going to go with the Usos. They they don't have the belts that long, and I don't yeah. think they should take them off from already. Yeah, right back to Curtis a- Axel. I don't know what the heck happened to them. They can't buy a victory as a tag team or as a single, and I, I think Mr. they're Perfect just done. Mr. over in his grave right now. <laughs> yeah, really. Telling you, when you think of Mr. Perfect uh, and the rest of how he carried himself, you know what a great wrestler he was. Yeah, and but you know they they brought these guys in strong. They, they brought them in strong, and the, the, and the way they've been fading out uh, this you know week by week, this leads me to think maybe uh, a reversal is about to happen. I got news for you. If they built up uh, uh, what's his name, Mr. Perfect Junior. He's much more talented than a no-good Batista when hey, it comes man, down to He, he, he uh, won the uh, Intercontinental Belt, I think it was. Yeah, on Father's Day. Yeah. Well, he was the champion in Florida when he had the FCW over there, which was the minor league, so they saw something in him to give him the world title uh, a la NXT. But before it was NXT, he was their champion. So I don't know. He should be where Sheamus is, something like that. But uh, okay, JJ, let's get to. Uh, uh, is that the only pregame match, or there's other pregame matches? That should be the only uh, pre-show match on the card. So the next uh, seven matches should be on WrestleMania 30 itself. And one of the matches that I think maybe maybe won't open the show. They'll probably save it a little later just to, to get the fans to cool down is probably the Divas Championship Invitational in which A.J. Lee will defend her Divas title against 13 other women. And this match has been very hazy because the rules aren't very specific. I mean, it's not a battle royal. It's not a gauntlet match. It's not an uh, elimination-style match. It is going to be, as far as I know, all the women will be in the ring, and there will be one pinfall. So I think this match is going to be very chaotic. It's going to have too much stuff going on at once. 
it's probably, I don't think it's going to last too long. But uh, A.J. Lee, who's been champion, she's the longest reigning uh, Divas champion. She's held the title for for over 200-some days. Uh, she's She hasn't been doing much in the Divas division right now, so I don't know if she will retain the title. If there was ever a time to retain the title, it would be in this chaotic match, and maybe she could sneak a victory somehow by pinning someone you know, behind their back or when everything is kind of blowing up. They have all the drama between the total divas. So it's very possible she could retain it, but I think she's been cha- She's been champion for so long, they might be looking to get the belt off her on somebody new. So I might even go with uh, her bodyguard, Tamina Snuka. We haven't seen Tamina and AJ wrestle at all. So if Tamina wins the match, I could see a potential AJ getting her rematch clause maybe at the next pay-per-view or the next night on Raw. Uh, The Total Divas, I think, are going to be too busy battling each other. So I might give it to Tamina Snuka. And that, of course, is the daughter of Jimmy uh, Snuka? Oh, no. Yes, she yeah. is the daughter of Superfly Jimmy Snuka. Okay, let me go with Snuka also. Dominic, let's get your pick. All right, I give this match between three and five minutes tops. And I'm going with Tamina Snuka to sneak in the pin win. I think she's getting tired of being AJ's lackey. And I, I think it's going to go to her. I think Tamina Snuka is going to take it and make good old daddy the superfly proud. Are no twins uh, involved? Who? Are the Bella, Twi- Bella Twins? Yeah, the Bella Twins are in it. It's I don't know, AJ- there's about 12 girls in there. Yeah, A.J. Lee, Tamina Snuka, Natty Neidhart, Summer Rae, Layla, Oksana, the Funkadactyls, Naomi, Cameron, Alicia Fox, Rosa Mendez, Emma from NXT, the Redhead, Eva Marie, and, of course, the Bellas, Nikki, and Brie. Damn, they should wow. have made the referee. I would think one of the Bella <laughs> twins. They need a, a definitely a, either that or a, a breakout star or something. I mean, mm-hmm. those, those women. Uh... What about Layla? Layla's not in that? Yeah, Layla's in there as well. Oh, okay. Should be interesting. Should be interesting. Has anybody uh, catch the new uh, women's show on E! on Sunday night? Yes, I watched Total Divas. They've already had the third episode back. The most recent episode was kind of hysterical because, as we know, John Cena, certain of the elite superstars have their own sort of bus that they travel with. Uh, travel in instead of renting a car and doing the hotel thing. They have their own personal bus that they travel from show to show. And uh, the Bellas, or Bree, actually convinced Daniel Bryan that he's finally reached the level of success and he deserves his own bus that they can travel and do shows and kind of relax. And she convinced Bryan to get a bus and to include the Total Divas, which is, of course, Naomi and uh, Cameron and Naomi is, uh, she's actually married to one of the Usos, I believe Jimmy. So Jimmy was on the bus. Natty was on the bus with her, or her husband, uh, Tyson Kidd. And, you know, they have this kind of, but Daniel Bryan has these rules. And one of the rules on the bus was you can't go number two and you can't have an erection on the bus. And he was basically oh addressing 
Tyson Kidd and Jimmy Uso, you know, don't get freaky on my bus. This is my bus. We're going to apply by my rules. And uh, there was a scene later in the bus where, of course, Naomi was topless and she was sort of straddling Jimmy Uso, and Bree just kind of walked in on the bus, and she just immediately ran out and ran up to Daniel Bryan. And then there was another scene where Natty had to use the washroom, and something happened with some icy hot, and it kind of dripped down uh, her back, and it went into a very uh, special area, and it was just burning. It was burning Natty, and she was freaking out. She had all the divas come in the bathroom and to, to help her out because she was freaking out. It was just a very bizarre and strange episode. There was also an altercation between Natty and Summer Rae. They have this sort of they just don't get along too well. Natty thinks Summer Rae is a phony and that, you know, she comes in here and tries to steal the spotlight from the veterans like herself and the Bellas. And Summer wanted to make peace with Natalie, so she went to her house and to say, listen, I know we have our problems and I give you a hard time, you give me a hard time, but let's try to keep it professional at work. And then Natty kind of went back at Summer, went back and forth again, and, you know, things were said. And eventually, Summer Rae just kind of flipped out, and she just slapped Natty Nighthawk across the face. Natty pretty much grabbed her and threw her out of her uh, house. And it was, you know, a very heated uh, confrontation. So it's a very interesting show. If you're a wrestling fan, you might enjoy it. Uh, it's kind of cool to see some of the guys behind the scenes, like Fandango, uh, Dean Ambrose, some of the other guys who aren't really a part of the show, but you might, you'll maybe see them on the show from time to time talking to the divas or talking about stuff that's going on in the WWE. If they have, you know, uh, make a wish or if they have an autograph signing, you might see some people wind up on there occasionally. But uh, it's somewhat interesting. It's not for everyone. If you're a fan of reality shows, I think you should check it out just because if you're already a fan, this gives you plenty of drama, whether it's scripted or not. It's just entertainment. And I hear the ratings have been doing pretty good. The ratings actually went up this Sunday. They, they did very well. I think they should have Natty slap more people on there. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Dominic, have you seen the show? No, never watched it. I'm not into reality shows at all. I, well, should, I think they should bring back the old-fashioned game shows. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the reality shows, if you, if you believe some people, they're not even reality. No, some of, of course it's actually not. being directed, like Hogan yeah. knows best. Yeah, uh, really. That was it. Hogan said that wasn't even real, so who knows? Yeah. Okay. Everybody learn from the master, the WWF. That's right. That's right. That's real right. reality right there. <laughs> What do you think will be the opening match? Wow, the opening match. It's tough. If I have the opening match at WrestleMania, I might give it to maybe Daniel Bryan and Triple H, just so that I don't know who's going to win. Obviously, I have my pick who I would want to win. But let's say if Triple H wins... You know, he's going to need that time to rest. I don't know if they would have their matches back-to-back in the main event. Uh, I think the fans might be exhausted if they did have a back-to-back match. So I think they maybe want to kick off the show with Daniel Bryan and Triple H. I'm not sure. 
They have the 30-man Andre, the giant battle royal. That could kick off uh, WrestleMania. That should be uh, a match that lasts uh, a while. I mean, a battle royal now, with 30 men. Uh, since you bring that up, let me let me play a clip of Roddy Piper endorsing the big show. We'll come back on the other side. Will this be the strategy Sunday of the Battle Royal? It's that, gotta be. It could happen, and it better be. You're right, King. Big it looks shot. Like it won't work. Uh-oh. Yo! Good Go night, Darren. Darren. Good night, Titus. Hold on, hold on. Man, how are you going to... Who's going to... Oh, 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 no. He front. He front. Ow! A face plant. A long way down. The day the music died. I am here with the one and only Roddy Piper. Oh, we just got a kiss. That's on camera. Everyone is going to see that for the rest of my life. Be jealous. She's beautiful. (laughs) So tonight we see you out there in the ring doing Piper's Pit. Fabulous as always. Thank you. Is it safe to say that you are behind Big Show going into the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal? Yeah, I gotta be. I mean, first of all, the, the, it's named after Andre the Giant, and Big Show's the closest thing to that. And, you know, like, I saw them go after Big Show, you know, and they weren't doing real well. <laughs> so, but even before that, Big Show, he knows how to use his weight. Uh, he's been in these situations before many times. He's been around Andre and had a chance to see Andre, God bless. And we all love Andre. So in the Andre, the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, I would say Big Show's the guy. Well, of course, as you just said, I mean, you're someone else who is able to spend some time with Andre. What does it mean to you to have this huge event named after him and you know, in memory of him? You know, it was wonderful. There Here's my go. guy right here. There he Here's is. my pick for it right here. <laughs> you know, I know, I know how proud Andre was of, of Big Show. Um, you know, I was oh, one of the few guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he was. I was just telling the lady that you were around with Andre, and if there's anybody that can handle himself in there, it's you. <laughs> These guys don't stand a chance. And oh. I know that Andre the Giant would be proud to have the Memorial Battle Royal and this man be the winner of it and his name linked with Andre, it just makes sense. It's the right thing to have happen. And I know. Me cry, Roddy, I'm just you're telling the truth. I'm telling the truth. And he's got the heart you. for it. I thank love you with all my heart. You're, you're great, man. Good luck to you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It was thank great you. to have you here on Monday Night Raw. Looking forward to WrestleMania. Yeah, oh, yes. Too. Thank you. <laughs> be still my beating heart. <laughs> Well, J.J., it looks like uh, Big Show is the top pick. The question is, who who else besides the Big Show uh, could stand a chance out of those names in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal? Well, you got to look at a, a big man, maybe someone like a Mark Henry, you know, the world's strongest uh, athlete. You know, this guy is just, you know, he has a tremendous size, uh, you know, someone like Great Kali, uh, I don't think so. I don't think Kali's going to win this. But Mark Henry, possibly, 
this could make uh, someone's career. It's a huge opportunity. The WWE, obviously, you know, they really respect Andre. He was, you know, their guy for a number of years. He was, you know, a huge attraction for them. And, you know, everybody remembers WrestleMania three. And it was just such a, a moment that lived on forever. And now we're honoring that man with this battle royal. And I just, you know, Big Show has to be the, uh, you know, the favorite in this match. He is a giant. He's a legitimate giant. He's been a giant for, you know, the last 20 years. You know, whether if you uh, look at him and his work in WCW and crossing over to the WWE, he really is, you know, the next giant. And I don't know if there's anyone more deserving than the Big Show, I think. Uh, does Big Show need this win in his career? I don't think he needs it, but at the same time, I don't know anyone else who deserves it more than him. So I would have to go with Big Show. To my knowledge, there are 27 men that have been announced to participate in this Battle Royal, which means there's only three names left that we are unaccounted for. You know, obviously there's Big Show, there's Rey Mysterio, there's Fandango, there's Santino Morella, uh, Alberto Del Rio, the great Kali, Mark uh, Henry, Dolph Ziggler, Zack Ryder, Kofi Kingston, Titus O'Neil, Biggie Langston, the Intercontinental Champion, The Miz, Brodus Clay, Sin Cara, Damian Sandow, R-Truth, Sheamus, Heath Slater, Justin Gabriel, Jinder Mahal, Drew McIntyre, Darren Young, Goldust and Cody Rhodes, and just recently Brad Maddox, the Raw general manager, put his name in the hat. Also, Brad Maddox, what's he doing Captain, in there? Captain He's Charisma, not even a good general manager. Captain Charisma Christian was supposed to appear in this battle royal, but uh, it was announced last week that he suffered a concussion. I don't know if he was cleared, but uh, he's the only one who's sort of I'm on the fence of. I don't know if he's going to be in it or not. It all depends whether or not he's evaluated this week. Yeah, Dominic's right. What's going on with that general manager? Yeah, Brad, really. Surprise. There's lots of guys who should be in here. Wade Barrett, uh, Tyson Kidd they haven't been announced. The guy from NXT who made his sort of debut, uh, Alexander Rusev, he isn't announced to be in it. But I have to imagine... This is another guy who might be a favorite to a lot of people. If you've watched him on NXT, if you've seen him in the Royal Rumble, he's a big, thick guy, very agile, athletic. He's quick. He's explosive. He what has... about Titus O'Neil? Did you mention him? Titus O'Neil is in the Battle Royal as well. This could make his career. He's another big guy. I think he has a good future on his hands. He's very uh, entertaining, very has a, a great personality. He's fun. I think he could be someone to watch out for as well. Might as well say JBL at this point. He was entered into the Royal Rumble. That's yeah, crazy. A surprise entrant. You never know. Like I said, there's three people who are unaccounted for. So it could be anyone. It could be JBL. It could be, you know, Rob Van Dam making his return. We don't know. I heard they're bringing RVD back after after WrestleMania. He'll be on the Raw following WrestleMania. But could CM Punk be one of them spots? There you go, right. I don't know. I think it's a possibility. I wouldn't be be surprised at this point. That's true. I mean, never say never, and it would be a a big honor. But is, is it the honor that he wants? Is this why he would make his return to win the Battle Royal? I don't know. 
But with that in mind, who is your pick for the 2014 Andre the Giant Battle Royal Memorial Battle Royal? I would have to go with the odds-on favorite, the Big Show. Uh, he's my pick. I think he deserves it. He is a giant. He's one of the last giants in wrestling. All right, I'm, I'm going to go, go with Big Tyson. Show, too. I'm going to go with Big Show. Titus O'Neil here. Donald, you got Big Show. That leaves you, Blackjack. I say Big Show or CM Punk. Right. Wow. If Punk is in it, that's my second pick. Well, yeah. Also, <laughs> but the, to me, this battle royal is to get all these mm, jobbers in the ring, so you know they have a place to wrestle on the card. Because a lot of these guys you wouldn't see at WrestleMania if they're all slumped together in one uh, bout. Exactly. That's this is the Super Bowl of wrestling. You know what I'm saying? Everybody in that company wants to be on WrestleMania. All the all the talent. You know. And then especially it'll be good for the the WWE Network. They're push, uh, uh, pushing the, the heck out of that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's really um, taking uh, taking a, a lot. They showed old stuff, 20-stuff years, and I can't believe the stuff that I see on there. That's true. No question. Okay, JJ, what is the uh, the next match? The next match, we have a six-man tag. It is the Shield. Shield. Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, and Roman Reigns will be challenging the corporate outlaws, the New Age outlaws, Road Dogg, Jesse James, and the badass Billy Gunn, and corporate Kane in a six-man tag match. Uh, You know, just uh, last Sunday, I couldn't help but pick up the Sun-Times in red, Black Jack Brown's column, and he mentioned that the Wyatt and Shield are poised to ascend at Mania, and I have to agree. I would have to give it to the Shield. Uh, they've been an amazing force in the WWE, and uh, they got a win last year at WrestleMania. This could be their last WrestleMania. A lot of people think there's going to be a split. It's something that rumors have been flying for months, but it hasn't happened yet. It could happen at WrestleMania. I don't know, but I think right now they have this new sort of energy within the Shield. For the longest time, they were healed. Now they've made the transition to become baby faces. They're cheered. They're the good guys. I think they need a win as good guys. So I definitely see the Shield walking away with this. Okay, Dominic. Uh, I'm going to go with the Shield, too, to win. I think they've got to get uh, some kind of revenge beating Kane. They've got to beat the New Age Outlaws. And I don't see them breaking up. I see them staying as a t- as, as a trio for for more than I don't know, maybe for a couple more months. Because uh, since they're being cheered now, Roman Reigns would be the breakout star. And if they yeah. do split up the trio, I see them leaving on good terms, saying we'll win the tag belts. You go on and win the heavyweight title. And I wow. don't see them feuding with each other at all. Should be interesting. Blackjack. I'm going with the Wyatts, and I'm still thinking possibly the Wyatts taking over one of the uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. members. No, it's not the Wyatts, Blackjack. Who is it? Kane and the New Age Outlaw. Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, okay. Um, I'll probably, let me see. I'll, yeah, the S.H.I.E.L.D. Yep, same thing here, Shield. 
Okay, we got a Vicky Guerrero Divas Championship Invitational. Did you cover we that met- already, Jake? Yeah, yeah, we did that one already. Yes, we mentioned okay. that. So we got a single match with John Cena against Bray Wyatt. Okay, JJ, what's your thoughts for this match? Well, there's been a lot of built-up uh, towards this match. This might be one of the few matches at WrestleMania that I think they did right. I think the build-up has been very entertaining. If you're watching on Raw, uh, a few weeks ago they had the Wyatts one-up Cena, and they tied him to the ropes, and they put the, the sheet mask uh, or the lamb mask on Cena's head, and you saw him just kind of tied up in the ropes, and the, you know, the Wyatts were victorious. And yet last night on Monday Night Raw we saw – the Wyatts were victorious again, but yet when the lights went out and they did their, their posing, we saw a fourth member of the Wyatts in a jumpsuit wearing the lamb mask, and everyone in the arena was just going nuts. And I think everyone knew right away who was under that sheet mask or the lamb mask, and it was none other than John Cena, and he got a little bit of revenge on them. So it, it's something that's been a great built-up. They've been trying to promote the fact that it's Cena's legacy. Cena's legacy is on the line, and I've never quite understood that. I, his career's not on the line. Uh, you know, Bray Wyatt, as good as he is as a character, as good as his promos have been for you know the last few months, he still isn't quite at that main event level. A win over Cena will put him to the top, but right now he's still clawing his way up the ladder. So I just it just baffles me when they keep saying this Cena's legacy is on the line. However, when I watch the, the video highlights and you hear that Eminem song playing in the background, I definitely feel it and I'm into it, and it seems like this is going to be a big match. I don't know if it's going to steal the show, but it should be a very good match, and the fans should be making a lot of noise, uh, whether they're pulling for Bray Wyatt or John Cena. I think that a win for John Cena does nothing, but a win for Bray Wyatt is everything. It could be his way to get to that next level. So I would like to see Bray Wyatt get the win because I want to see Bray Wyatt get to that next level. I want to see how good he can be. I want to see maybe you could even have a rematch you know, next month at Extreme Rules where Cena gets his redemption. But this is a match that Bray Wyatt needs to win because if he loses, it's going to be terrible for the Wyatts. They're going to fall down that ladder, and I don't know if they're going to recover. Right now they've got a lot of momentum. Cena's going to be good either way. If he wins or loses, it doesn't make a difference. It, this isn't that much of a high-profile match for him, but this is a huge match for Bray Wyatt, so I have to go with Bray Wyatt. Bray needs to win. Okay, Dominic Valente, who do you got? JJ, I couldn't agree with you more on every point, bro. John Cena don't need this win at all. I don't understand the whole legacy thing either, but if anybody yeah. does need it, it's Bray Wyatt to catapult him up up, up the ladder even more. If he loses, yeah. I don't know what to say about that. Yeah. The only thing is if his Luke, Luke Harper and Eric Rowan interfere and cross Bray Wyatt to match, and Bray will get pissed off. Maybe turn Bray Wyatt babyface and team him with Cena against against his own former family. Interesting. But um, personally, I don't care for either guy, but Bray Wyatt needs it. I'm rooting on Bray Wyatt. Wow. 
I'll agree yeah, with you, I, uh, Dominic. Um, um, who's watching Cena's back, you know? True. That's Nobody. true. Who's John Cena got in his corner? Nobody. Maybe Goldust and Cody? I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the two guys of the Wyatt family, they're, they're in the Battle Royal, too, so... And where's Goldust? Is he in the Battle Royal? Yeah, yes. Goldust is in there, too. So's Cody. Yeah. Okay, Black Somebody Jeff, who do you got? ringside. John uh, Cena for or Jay Wyatt? Jay Wyatt. All right, I'm going to go with uh, Cena. But I'd like to see Bray Wyatt. Let me uh, put that in uh, parentheses there. Yeah. The next match will be a, uh, I guess, the match to get into the main event, which has Triple H against Daniel Bryant. Let's start off with Dominic Valente with your pick. Well, I put this on my hotline this morning. I'm going. I'm going with this 100%. Daniel Bryan's not winning. Triple uh. H is going to beat Daniel Bryan. And he's going on. He's going to go on to the main event and beat Cena, uh, beat uh, Orton, and he's going to beat Batista. I don't want to see it, but I think that's what they're going to do. Triple H could then cut a promo and say, "The one and only face of the WWE was, is now, and will always be me." And that's what I see happening. I see. I don't want it. I want to see Daniel Bryan beat the balls off of Triple H and then beat up Batista and, and Randy Orton, but it's too obvious. McMahon's going to swerve the hell out of us, and watch. Triple H is going to win, the, win them belts, and people are going to get real pissed and start throwing stuff. Oh, I was at a riot. show once where a guy got so mad at the decision, he threw his wife at the ring. <laughs> 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 Okay, JJ, uh, let me hear why and who. Well, I think uh, Dominic brought up an excellent point. Uh, you know, I think that's even what the WWE wants. If you know Triple H defeats Daniel Bryan and he goes into main event, and it's an Evolution main event at WrestleMania 30, the fans are going to be going berserk. And if you're the WWE, that's great. You want them to make noise. The last thing you want is for them to be as quiet as that press conference was today. You want them <laughs> to make noise. You want them to go crazy. And you want WrestleMania 30 to be something that you talk about and you remember for years. And if Daniel Bryan doesn't win, believe me, everybody's going to be talking about WrestleMania 30. You know, I don't want to see that happen. I've heard people even say, what if, it, what if there's a disqualification and the Shield come out or Kane and the, the New Age Outlaws come out and there's a, a disqualification on both sides, and what if the main event becomes a fatal four-way? I don't oh, know no. Because we've had the fatal four-way before. It didn't work. I would rather it just be a triple threat match. So I have to go with Daniel Bryan just because it's who I want to win. I don't know if he will win, but I just want him to win. I want to see him do two matches at WrestleMania, a lot of people were even comparing it to Bret Hart at WrestleMania 10 when he wrestled his brother Owen at the start of the show, and yet he main evented, won the title, everyone celebrated, they had fireworks going, he raised the title above his head, WrestleMania 20, 
he had that same moment where Benoit won the title and Eddie Guerrero came out and they had streamers. It was, you know, moments that you never forget. And if Daniel Bryan could have his own moment at WrestleMania 30, it would be something that we remember and we'll see for a very long time. So it's tough. Either way, it's going to be a very memorable WrestleMania, but I'm going to just go with Daniel Bryan just for the fact that it's who I want to see win. So I'm going to go with Bryan. And that, of course, is just a match to get into the main event for the three-way. And I will go with Daniel Bryan. He is so over right now. I can't see uh, them fucking this one up and uh, have a Triple H uh, win it, although I wouldn't be surprised. But uh, I think they see the writing on the wall with all the yes chants and whatnot. And uh, you will see uh, Daniel Bryant in the main event. And uh, I'll give you my pick for that when we get to that. Okay. uh, I I think there's so much confusion I, I, I don't think Orton is, is going to lose this a strap. Well, we didn't get there yet. Let, let's get there first. Uh, we have the streak on the line as The Undertaker takes on Rock Lesnar. And uh, let's start it off with JJ. What's your uh, take on this match? I'm glad we got back to this match because earlier I forgot to mention when we talked about the history of Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker, I forgot about another man's history with The Undertaker, and that's Paul Heyman. And I'm not talking about last year's main event against uh, CM Punk and The Undertaker, but I'm talking even years back. I'm talking about WCW when Paul Heyman was managing a guy by the name of Mean Mark. There's a history between Heyman and Undertaker that nobody is talking about. And, yes, that was another time, but it's just something that would add so much fuel to this match, and it's a shame nobody brought that up. Nobody brought up the UFC with Lesnar and Taker. Nobody brought up his days as the American Badass in their Hell in a Cell match. But uh, it's just so much more they could have done, and because of that, I just have to go with the Undertaker because they haven't done enough to convince me that Brock Lesnar is a threat. Brock Lesnar, just being Brock Lesnar, should be enough, but it just isn't. They just kind of dropped the ball, in my opinion, and I think the dead man gets this. I think it will be a very interesting match. Lesnar, you know, he's a, he's a big guy. He'll use his strength, his agility, and, you know, Undertaker, like we pointed out earlier, when that bell rings, he just goes. Uh, despite the fact he's almost, what, 49, almost 50, he still goes and he still got it in that ring, and he will turn it on at WrestleMania and he'll deliver. So this could be the match of the night. Uh, we'll see, but uh, i got to go with Undertaker. I think there's no doubt in my mind he's going to continue and be 22-0 and 0 at WrestleMania. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean... I don't, I don't even see a chance how uh, Brock Lesnar will win this match. So uh, give me uh, Undertaker all the way. Dominic. Undertaker all the way also. He's beaten, he's beaten bigger, he's beaten better. And I think uh, Brock, although he's a legit tough guy with the UFC and all, he's not around regular wrestling enough. Yeah. 
So I think Undertaker is going to take this one streak intact. Blackjack. I want to say Undertaker, but um, there's always five percent that Brock Lesnar could take the, uh, hit the could defeat the streak here. But uh, I'm going to go with Undertaker. Five percent. I wouldn't even give it one percent, let alone five. There's always a chance. There's always a chance, but not so fast, I don't think. I think Undertaker's going to stack Paul Heyman on top of on top of Brock Lesnar and pin both of them. <laughs> right. And like they pointed out before, uh, what's his name? Brock Lesnar did get some heat back on Raw. So usually the week going into the pay-per-view, the opponent that is set to win gets the best of the opponent on Raw, the lead-in show, if you will. So that's why, even though it didn't matter, but that's even more evidence that uh, you'll see Undertaker win. So uh, Undertaker all the way. I mean, if that match even takes place, uh, Brock Lesnar could attack uh, uh, Undertaker before the match even goes on. You remember those days, Dominic? Yeah, sure. Before the match, even before we even got a bell, there was always an attack of some kind. That could happen, but if it happens before the bell rings, the referee will let them slug it out a little while. Then when they go to mutual corners or Paul Heyman calms down Brock, then then they'll ring the bell and get it started. Yeah, Undertaker in a match against Brock Lesnar, realistically, at, at this point where they're at now in their lives, Brock Lesnar probably could beat the crap out of Undertaker. Yeah, well, Undertaker's old, he's beat up. Yeah. Brock looks fresh as a daisy. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm still Brock going with Undertaker. Not over Undertaker. That, that, that's where the, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, before we get to the main event, I want you to hear this clip about Batista splitting his jeans. We're all oh, live oh. from a place I am very familiar with, Brooklyn, New York. Great crowd in Brooklyn. Uh, really great crowd. Brooklyn made me uh, very proud on Monday, even though I was not there. No Daniel Bryan on the show. They held him out to sell the beating from Triple H the week before, which I liked. You know, he should sell that beating. He got killed. Triple H killed him. He did I mean, he, he threw him into barricades. And this is all handcuffed, mind you. Dropped him on the back of his head on the table. He pedigreed him. He supposedly hit him in the head with a chair. All these things. Bryan was just left in tatters on the ground. He should at least sell the beating for one week. So I'm sure the people who were in the Barclays Center were not very happy. That's probably why a lot of people were upset coming out of the show. Uh, I have no complaints, though, because I thought it was appropriate. You know, back in the day, a beating like that, the guy would be gone for a month. So at least give him a week. I, I did have friends who went, who were pissed he didn't at least come out for the post-show dark match that he was advertised for. But, you know, like I said, I wasn't there, so I had no problem with it. Let's go through some of the key segments here. Stephanie... Orton and Batista opened the show, and one thing that struck me, and this this has been the case in every single Batista segment where he has come down to the ring and he has shared a ring with Randy Orton. There's been a lot of those segments. I cannot believe 
how much bigger than Batista Randy Orton looks when he's in there next to him. I mean, Orton's a tall guy, and, and maybe Orton was always a little bit taller than, than Batista. I'm not just talking about height. I'm talking about height. I'm talking about overall size. I mean, I know Batista's not quite as big as he used to be, but boy, when he's in there with Orton, when he's in there with almost anybody, when he was in there with Triple H a week ago, who isn't even an active full-time wrestler anymore, Batista just looks so small, like somebody put him in the dryer or something. Uh, and I couldn't believe how small Arnold Schwarzenegger looked either. I, I mean, I guess you shrink as you get older. I mean, Batista's a lot younger than Arnold, though, so I don't think that really explains it. But Batista got Stephanie all upset here by saying that she's used to getting drooled on a lot. Uh, I know I haven't given it the proper context, so that sounds very weird. Uh, but I, I, think, I think what he was getting at was uh, basically Orton kisses up to the authority a lot and is hence drooling all over the McMahons. And so uh, Stephanie didn't take very kindly to that. She smacked the douche glasses right off Dave's face. Orton started laughing hysterically, ate a spear for doing so. Somewhere in here, I think it was on the spear, Batista split his pants. So as he posed with both title belts, you know, he's standing there, and part of his ass is basically hanging out of his skinny jeans. It was bound to happen. We've all been talking about the skinny jeans ever since he came back. I said just last week I was impressed that he didn't split his pants when he did the Batista bomb. This time, he wasn't so lucky. I think he finally learned his lesson, though, because on SmackDown, he came out wearing a, a loose pair of cargo pants. We almost learned from our mistakes. Yes, Batista in cargo pants. Better than skinny jeans, I guess. <laughs> JJ. Did you catch him, what he was talking about? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, we actually discussed it last week uh, when I brought up Batista Torres pants, and they did, you did notice if you watch SmackDown, he did, uh, he got rid of those skinny jeans real fast, and he did have those loose cargo pants. But I remember watching Raw, they were very smart with the camera angles because you never quite saw it. However, Thanks to the Internet, fans in attendance were tweeting, you know, photos of Batista's, you know, backside and his jeans, which were clearly just split wide open after he did that spear to, to Orton. So it, it was kind of hilarious because a lot of fans saw it coming. They were saying, you know, what is a guy like this doing wearing skinny jeans? It's ridiculous. You know, I can see someone who's, you know, 13 years old, a, a teenager, but, you know, Batista, come on now, that's it's just ridiculous. So he kind of got what was coming to him. Yeah, but Tito's 47 years old. <laughs> and he's wearing skinny jeans. Give me a break. Skinny <laughs> jeans are for skinny people. Right. Oh, goodness. I wonder okay. why he split his pants. <laughs> At least the other night he looked pretty good. With, you know, with the cargo pants and the hooded sweatshirt, he looked all right. They were. Skinny jeans, what's he, what's, he, what's he going for? I'm perverted. Scratch my balls. <laughs> and, of course, uh, did you make your predictions, Dominic, yet on your hotline, or are you going to do it over the weekend? I'm doing them Sunday with Jeff. 212-629-1900. That's right. Uh, how many years now? I think 23 years ever since I've been sober. 23, 24 years. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I've seen them come and I've seen them go. 
That's right. <laughs> so a lot of uh, awards to be given out. <laughs> yep. Okay, we have the main event with Batista with Randy Orton. With per- frankly, I wish those two weren't even on the show, but that's another story. And they will take on a winner of the Triple H uh, Orton match. Here's how it's going to go, in my opinion. Daniel Bryant will win that match and hold up the titles at the end of the show and be saying yes, yes, yes with the crowd as Daniel Bryant will figure out a way to win the world title and become the new WWE champion as I think the whole wrestling world wants it to be. JJ, your thoughts? Well, I thought uh, Blackjack made a, a pretty good point. Someone who's been very quiet in this match is Randy Orton, the champion. He's someone who's been beaten literally every week. Guys like Dolph Ziggler, Kofi Kingston, you know, Sheamus, uh, Antonio Cesaro, Christian. They've all, even Daniel Bryan, they all have wins over this guy. He, he's been the champion for months now, and yet he's been constantly defeated over and over again. I don't think anyone expects him to walk out as a champion. So I got to go with uh, Daniel Bryan just because I pointed out earlier WrestleMania 10, Bret Hart had his moment. WrestleMania 20, Chris Benoit had his moment, and this is WrestleMania 30 now. I think Daniel Bryan needs to have his moment, but uh, it really is anyone's game. Randy Orton could sneak out as champion, or Triple H could win it all, and that would be a very interesting Raw the next night when one of the principal owners of the WWE is your champion. I mean, what do you do then? How often... Will he be in the ring? Will he defend the title? I mean, there's a lot of things to answer for if Triple H wins. Then, of course, there's Batista, who just came back from Hollywood, and he won the Royal Rumble, and he's headlining WrestleMania, and he didn't really do much to earn it, but they're giving it to him. So, really, anyone could walk out as champion, but my pick, I'd go with Brian. I think the fans need to go home happy. And, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, whether or not the Yes Movement continues or whether or not the fans look for the next craze. You know, we'll all see. Absolutely. I got you on that one, too. Dominic, your take, your pick. All right. I want to see Daniel Bryan beat the hell out of Triple H and go all the way to the main event and beat Randy Orton and beat Batista. But if Triple H wins over Daniel Bryan, Triple H is going to beat Orton and Batista and become the new champion. Possible. And if and if uh, Daniel Bryan wins, they better not screw him over on Raw because people are going to be breaking their TVs. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, sort of like RVD. When, uh, if he don't win, we will riot. In, uh, oh, yeah. So this has the makings of that. Yep. And the Blackjack... I'm looking for Orton to retain the title. I mean, there's just so much confusion that obviously uh, Triple H can do whatever he wants. He can give himself the title, but uh, it's just too easy at this point. You know, I I can't really see Orton uh, dropping the the title even to uh, Brian at this point. 
maybe the next night is a possibility, but I look forward to maintain with the title. See, well, something else uh, I want to say about Triple H. He could do one or two things. He could keep defending the title and go on the road, or either he could cut a promo and say, you know something, I don't need this belt. I just proved that I can do it again and throw it in the ring and say, here, you guys have a tournament. Do whatever you want with it. I'll put in the bracketing, and we'll see who winds up winning. But I just proved that I can be the face of the WWE anytime I want. And then look for the 30 men over the, the top uh, battle world winner to go for the champion. And That's it. That's good. Have the battle like royal winner go against Triple H, or he automatically becomes the number one contender. Yeah, or the, triple, like... or the title's held up. Or it's held up, right. Should be interesting. And, right. uh... and a lot of good takes on that. That's there good. Is. That's why WrestleMania is going to be the one of the best of all time. It just sparks en- energy right now. Yep. It's going to have its uh, moments, you know. Yeah. It took a while, yeah. but it's going to happen. I want to see a little battle royal. With the guys you don't see, Ezekiel Jackson, David Otunga, um, JTG, Tyson David Kidd. Otunga. Yeah, yeah where's Otunga at? Where, where, where's he at these days? I don't know. You ain't seen him in a row. I just seen him on uh, uh, that Steve Harvey show recently. Oh. He, he's still on it with the well, WWE. Yeah, Put Tyson Kidd in there. Put um, what's his name in there? Um, the other kid, Justin Gabriel, they're not using him, and put in Wade Barrett, and put in Ricardo Rodriguez. He wrestled under the mask as El Local. Yeah, that's right. I think he's going to be doing uh, Latino commentary. Probably, most likely. Yeah. That would be interesting. Now, the question is, which WrestleMania... Uh, by next week at this time will be better. Last year's, 29, or this year's? Let me start with you, J.J., first. Well, you know, I think they've really gone out of their way. You know, I wasn't too excited for WrestleMania 30 at first. I mean, it's been a very long road to get to where we are now. But I think right now, I think they're doing pretty well. I really like the card. I think, it, as Blackjack mentioned, it's going to have its moments that it's going to stand out. You know, last year, one of the only moments we really had was, you know, Cena, Rock, that was a big deal. Two of their, the WWE's biggest names going at it, and, you know, Cena getting redemption. We had Brock Lesnar and Triple H, although I didn't really love the match. We had CM Punk and The Undertaker, which I thought was phenomenal. We saw Jack Swagger and uh, Alberto Del Rio, which Swagger, I don't know, he just didn't have that uh, momentum at the time. And for him to just be rushed into the main event scene, I just didn't really get it. We saw Chris Jericho and uh, Fandango's debut match. You know, we saw Daniel Bryan and Kane in Helno against Ziggler and Big E. We saw, you know, Mark Henry and Ryback, which I was surprised that Mark Henry won. But uh, the Shield going up against Sheamus, Big Joe and Orton. I mean, they, WrestleMania 29 had its moments, uh, but I think WrestleMania 30 has the potential. Again, we haven't seen it yet, but I do think it has the potential to be bigger and better than last year. Okay, Dominic, what about you? 
I think this year is going to be better. We'll see if Daniel Bryan gets that title. If he don't get it, then I think last year's would have been better. Although I didn't like Fandango and Jericho. 22nd last year to Sheamus, or was that the year before? Uh, Sheamus and Daniel Bryan? Yeah. That was the year before. That was 28? Yeah. That was in Atlanta. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, Daniel Bryan has been screwed. I mean, he won the title Survivor Series, then Randy Orton came out and beat him up. He had the title one as Triple H was the special guest referee, and he got screwed there. He got screwed with Shawn Michaels. That's mm-hmm. why, you know, it only makes sense that uh, the, the screwing is over. So, uh, you know, not to mention that he's so over now, Daniel Bryan. And that could have something to do with uh, the fact that Punk is not around no more because uh-huh. – uh, before when Punk was around, he was the most over guy. So he was, but uh, a lot of people thought it might be Punk and uh, Triple H at WrestleMania. So Punk really threw a curveball. A lot had to change, and I think they were forced to address the Daniel Bryan situation and to just take the ball and go with it. Whether you agree with why Punk left or not, no one knows that reason but Punk himself. But the fact is, Punk did leave. However, a guy like Daniel Bryan, who been screwed left and right, he is still here, and he, you know, he's not complaining one bit, so if there was ever a time to reward a guy, you know, now's that time. Oh, no question. Hey, they, uh, Brian Maddox has been taken out of the, uh, out of the Battle Royal. They got a 30, they, they replaced him. Already? Yeah. He's going to be replaced by... I'm reading it here. Baby Bull. Baby Bull. Of the, with the El Matadors. Torito. Oh. El Torito. Yeah. Oh my God. It's in the thirty. Oh, oh boy. There's, yeah. There's, there's your winner. There's your winner. <laughs> there's your God. winner right there. Everybody's gonna gang up on Big Show and throw his ass out over the top rope. And Torito is going to sneak in, running in them out of between people's legs, and he's going to win. Watch. And they're oh, going to God. say, ah, oh, the biggest man, this was his memorial battle royal for the biggest man ever in wrestling, and the littlest man won. But why that be true? But the April Fool's, guys. Oh, <laughs> oh Blackjack, I'm going to get you. <laughs> that would be good. Because then no, they could have put Hornswoggle in there for the hell of it. <laughs> Oh, my. That's what they should do. Put in a midgets match. Hornswoggle against uh, El Torito. They're both wrestlers. Yeah. It'd be something. Yeah, we haven't seen a midget match in ages. (laughs) When was the last one? Oh, God. Sky Lolo and Fuzzy Cupid against Little Beaver and and Shaved Beaver. (laughs) Oh, my. Oh, my, indeed. Well, uh... Fandango, uh, is, uh, they were talking about, has not lived up to, uh, what's the storyline here about Fandango? Yeah, yesterday on Raw, they, they addressed that situation when they were talking about the Yes movement and how the fans just like to kind of gravitate 
with the hot thing. And I was very surprised to hear Triple H call out uh, Fandango and to say that, you know, last year the most over guy at the show and everyone was Fandangoing. They were throwing their hands in the air, singing the song, and everybody thought he was going to be the next big thing. And he said the fans just kind of took that and threw it away in the garbage. And they, they pretty much just took a crap on Fandango. I was very surprised he would say that, although he did say that he might be a, a solid B uh, athlete, but he did say that, you know, the fans took something that was so big and they threw it away like it was trash. Well, it was the Jersey fans that helped create that whole persona with that. That was the no. next night in the, the Meadowlands. And That's the fans right. got kind of bored and they just took with Fandango stuff. They kept doing that uh, that little that little stuff of what he does, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was very that that song was very catchy. It was very similar to some people's thought of uh, that '70s show, "I Dream a Genie." I thought it was. Didn't <laughs> you, Dominic? No, to me, I thought it would. Say it sounded like at the Copa Copa Cabana. The hottest spot north of Havana. Oh, heck no. That's what I thought it sounded like. (laughs) Okay, uh, the question is, why Damien Sandow deserves better? Let's take a look at this clip. Sin Cara had Scooby-Doo in his corner, or somebody in a Scooby-Doo costume, I should say. He pinned Damien Sandow in like a minute. I have to talk about this. What a joke this was. Scooby-Doo got more cheers on the show than poor Damien Sandow. And I look at Sandow, and it's, you know, I thought that hard-fought loss to John Cena all those months ago might do the guy some good. Maybe I was one of the naive ones, because I sure as hell had a lot of you guys who listened to this podcast right into me after that, just thrashing me and saying, oh, have you learned nothing? This is John Cena. All the John Cena haters who blindly hate Cena wrote into me, and I hate to give those guys credit, but you know what? They were right. And I'm not saying that has anything to do with John Cena. I'm not blaming Cena. I just naively thought that coming out of that, coming out of that law, I think he had two matches where he lost to Cena, but, but Sandow looked good. They were good matches. And I thought he might get a little something out of it, get a little rub out of it. Maybe they would do something with him. It's done about as much good for Sandow as Dolph Ziggler's win did for him when he beat John Cena at TLC in that ladder match couple years ago. Sandow, I mean, you hear about Dolph rubbing people the wrong way on interviews, how he's so full of himself, or maybe, you know, that he said something that upset Randy Orton once, supposedly, and that's why he's in the doghouse, whatever the reason is. Can someone tell me what Damian Sandow did to deserve this? I never hear anything negative about the guy. He's like a model citizen. They've stripped him of his robe. They've stripped him of his cartwheels. They've stripped him of everything that made him unique. And they job him out like he's nothing. Just nothing. I, I feel bad for the guy. I really do. They tell you to make the most of the airtime that you get. And, oh, you got to do stuff to stand out. That's such a load of horse shit. I, I get so pissed off when I hear people say that. People who work for WWE now or used to work for WWE. You know, you've got you've to gotta take the opportunity when you get it. and You've got to run with the ball. Give me a fucking break. What is this run with the ball bullshit? What can you do? What can you do when every little thing about these shows now are so micromanaged and scripted and, and, and regimented? It's not like it used to be. Maybe back then that's how things were. 
How are you supposed to kind of step outside that box and do your own thing and get noticed now without getting punished? It sucks. Okay, JJ, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a different time. I remember I just read recently an article that uh, Chris Jericho wrote, and he talked about his debut with the company and how he just kind of came in, and he he discussed with The Rock what he wanted to say. He maybe showed one of the writers, and that was about it. Compared to what you have to do today in the WWE, and you have to kind of come uh, by approval with Vince first, and then you, the writers kind of give you the script, and then maybe you can, you know, add something to make it your own. But other than that, everything is really micromanaged today. And I do remember Damian Sandow, Mr. Money in the Bank. He used to call himself the uncrowned champion. He used to do the cartwheel, and they took it away from him. He used to wear that kind of robe, and he used to be this kind of aristocrat. And you haven't really seen that side of Sandow in a long time. However, he did have an excellent match. I would have said that could have been, uh, you know, match of the year. It was a really great match between him and John Cena. It was a match we haven't really seen Sandow step up to the plate before. He was in with a main event guy, the caliber of John Cena. Whether you love him or hate him, you have to recognize him as the face of the WWE. He is their top-tier guy. And for him to go toe-to-toe with Cena and to, you know, have a really great match on Raw, and they didn't do anything with it. They didn't have... They just went nowhere. He kind of faded out to obscurity. Then guys left and right. He had those uh, gimmick matches with Dolph Ziggler, but as he pointed out, Dolph Ziggler is a guy who's very opinionated. When he does interviews, uh, you know, online or with, you know, the media... He's very you know, outspoken. Sometimes that gets them in trouble, and he's in the doghouse. But what about a guy like Damian Sandow? What has he ever done with controversy? Why would anyone have any problems with him if they try to you know, bury him like this? Uh, no. I, know I like Sandow. I think he's a guy with potential. But, you know, I think Jim Ross said, you know, many times that, you know, potential won't bring home the groceries. You know, the WWE does give people opportunities. But at the same time, I remember CM Punk's pipe bomb, and they would, he said that you know, Vince McMahon would give you these imaginary brass rings, and that's exactly what they are. They're imaginary. And a guy like Damian Sandow, he got one of those imaginary brass rings when he was the uncrowned champion, when he was Mr. Money in the Bank, and nothing happened. Do you blame Damian Sandow? Do you blame the fans not getting behind him? You want to blame John Cena because he's the top guy and he didn't want to put him over? That's the WWE. I don't think it was John Cena personally. John Cena has put other people over before, like Punk and Brian, uh, you know, and other people like Edge before. So it's not just John Cena, but it's the WWE, and maybe they don't think he's that guy, or maybe he's not ready yet. I don't know what the problem is. I like the guy. I think he deserves better, much like Ziggler. I think Ziggler deserves better. But for whatever reason, he's just he's not been given that opportunity to really showcase what he can do. But at the same time, there's only one champion in the WWE today. We don't have two champions anymore. So there can only be one guy at the top. And right now we got Batista back. We have Orton as the, the champion. We have Triple H who could participate just win the title. We have Daniel Bryan who could win the title. I mean, there's lots of guys who are already in that top spot. 
and guys like Sandow and Ziggler get pushed down even further down the ladder, and it's unfortunate. Dominic, what do you think of Damian Sandow and uh, the lack of pushing? Damian Sandow is one of my favorites. He's got a lot of moves. He's very innovative, and they took stuff away from him. The cartwheels were hysterical. His promos when he comes out with the robe on were great. He held the microphone like a brandy sifter glass, like he was really talking down to people, the unwashed masses. He don't even do that no more. He comes out wearing his own T-shirt, and everybody beats him. Dolph Ziggler, backstage, maybe he expresses his feelings too much, and they don't like anybody talking to Triple H like that, like saying whatever he wants, being opinionated. And you punish a guy for that? What happened to freedom of speech backstage? You can't yeah. say, oh, I really don't care for this. Let's try it this way. I think they're getting screwed over. Sandow and, and, and Ziggler. Yeah. Uh, wasn't Sandow in a kind champion? No. He was IC, wasn't he? He was something. He was, was he ever any champion? Yeah. It might have been IC champ. Or United States or something. Yeah, Maybe either I C or U S he was. One of them. Yeah. Uh what about you, Blackjack? What's your thoughts on Mr. Sandow? Uh my sentiments are the same with uh Dominic. I agree with what he said. Exactly. Okay. I don't think he made any waves backstage. I don't think he spoke out of turn. I don't oh. think he pissed off nobody. Only one other thing is that he, maybe he'd done something outside of the, the business. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he was punished for something, you know? Maybe. They found out about it? Maybe something know. else in, in their personal lives. I mean, yeah. so other things go on. Well, J.J., uh, you have, of course, WrestleMania. Uh, tell the fans that are listening now how they could order, A, the WWE channel, B, WrestleMania. How does that all work? Is it a money order? Is it a credit card? Can you explain yes. to our listeners? If you want to watch the, uh, the WrestleMania 30 through the WWE Network, uh, you have to create an account on WWE.com. You go to WWE.com, and it'll take you to the network page, and you have to sign up. You know, it's pretty similar like signing up to Netflix, or, you know, just creating your own sort of email account. They need your name, your information, your address. And, yes, you can pay through your credit card. You can pay through PayPal. One way you can, uh, you know, get the W Network, and they do charge you $9.99 a month. So, you know, WrestleMania 30, which normally is about a 60 to $70 pay-per-view, it's included with the network. So if you're already a subscriber to the network like myself, you've already been built for it, and you're going to be able to watch the network, uh, WrestleMania 30 with no problems, no additional fees, no charges. It's just a part of the WWE Network package. And what about if somebody don't want to get involved with all that stuff? They just want to get it on, uh, on their pay-per-view, on the TV. Well, they could order it the old. We could order it the regular way. Yeah, I, gonna I cost still see it advertised. You'll just have to pay a lot more. If you yeah, it's going to be sixty dollars if you order it through the TV, or fifty-five dollars, whatever it is. It's going to be sixty for regular, or if you want it HD, it's going to be seventy, and that's through oh your cable. Oh my God, seventy! Satellite providers, yes. 
Wow. Wow. Unbelievable. All right, let's take a listen to Coffee Kingston talking about his first WrestleMania. milestone. WrestleMania started out as just one man's dream. And now that event holds the dream of every single WWE superstar that they might one day make it and have the moment to make history on its stage. NXT is where they all begin. It's where their dreams are formed and molded. This year a whole new crop of NXT superstars will make their way to New Orleans to participate in WrestleMania week. They will participate in access. They will participate in the CSR events that we will have all throughout New Orleans. And they will sit there and they will watch WrestleMania 30 with hope and dreams in their eyes of one day stepping on that stage. No one exemplifies the dream of making it to WrestleMania, of headlining WrestleMania, of becoming WWE Champion, No one exemplifies that better than Daniel Bryan. That dream is put out there every single week by the WWE Universe in the Yes Movement. The WWE Universe is a part of Daniel Bryan's dream to make it to headlining WrestleMania. Unfortunately for Daniel Bryan, his dream intersects with mine. And unfortunately for Daniel Bryan, that's not going to work out so good. So there you have Triple H's word. What do you think, JJ? Yeah, you know, I watched uh, the press conference earlier. I heard Triple H talking about WrestleMania 30 and uh, him putting over NXT. You know, ever since I got the uh, WWE Network, I have been a huge fan of NXT. You know, I never watched it before when it was on YouTube or uh, Hulu. 
But the minute I got to the network and I started watching it, I just immediately became a fan because it makes you a fan of wrestling. They don't run it exactly like they do Raw. It's not three hours. It's not even two hours. They don't have a lot of segments. They're pretty quick on putting the matches on there, and they're quality matches. We see got a guy like Sami Zayn. You know, I would compare him to maybe like Daniel Bryan, a guy who's just, you know, very, he's a great wrestler, he's very quick, he's just doing lots of new things that I haven't really seen before. I saw him, you know, do these dives through the, the turnbuckles in between where the ropes and the turnbuckle is, and he does this suicide dive while he's outside the ring. He's outside the ring, and there'll be someone on the opposing side of the ring, and he'll run and he'll dive in between the turnbuckle and get someone on the opposite side. It's just it's unbelievable. The guy's an amazing talent. He had a huge match with Antonio Cesaro. There are other people like Corey Graves who has this kind of attitude about himself. A lot of people compare him to CM Punk, that he's very outspoken. He's kind of that heel that speaks his mind. He also has this uh, tattoo on his knuckles. You know, Punk, because he's straight edge, he has drug-free on his knuckles. Corey Graves has stayed down tattooed on his knuckles and it's his way to say if you're in a match with me you better stay down because I'm going to beat you down and uh, he's just someone to watch out they have all these interesting characters uh, they have uh, Bo Dallas is there who's this kind of ultimate good guy if you remember Rocky Maivia when he first came out and he was just that big wide smiling eyed guy that's what Bo Dallas reminds me of he's just always happy to be there but at the same time unlike The Rock was you know he's the heel because he just has this cocky, egotistical way about himself. When he's smiling and he's saying how much he's going to beat the tar out of you, it's just he just has that persona. You just hate his guts, and you want to see him get destroyed. So uh, NXT is definitely the way of the future for the WWE, and I think uh, you, know, you look at a lot of guys like Shield, The Wyatts, Big E, Cesaro, who've come from NXT, AJ Lee, Caitlin. And uh, we've seen Ric Flair's daughter, Ric Flair's daughter, Charlotte, who wrestles there. She's there. She's doing pretty well. They, the other divas, like Paige, uh, uh, Sasha Banks, these are very uh, interesting women who can put matches together, even more so than you see the women on, on Raw. On Raw, you have the Total Divas, uh, you know, the Funkadactyls, Alicia Fox, and we got these women on NXT who are really going out there and wrestling. And, you know, they're putting some pretty, you know, decent matches together. So, uh, you know, I like that he talked about NXT, but, you know, this is WrestleMania. He talked about, you know, his match with Daniel Bryan and that, you know, main eventing WrestleMania should be every superstar's dream, but he's going to crush Daniel Bryan's dream. And he very well could. He could not only crush Daniel Bryan's dream, but crush nearly 70,000 people who are going to be there at New Orleans watching there at the arena He's going to crush their dreams, too, when they see Triple H, if he walks out of there and he goes on to main event with the Orton and Batista. It's going to be a very chaotic moment, but as Dominic pointed out, you have to go with Triple H then all the way because that's what they want. They want a moment that you remember forever, and believe me, you are going to remember 70,000 people screaming, you know, boring or this sucks or Daniel Bryan, or Yes Chance, it's going to be off the wall, just crazy. So, uh, you know, anything can happen at WrestleMania. It's 
still pretty unpredictable. You know, we're all kind of divided, whether it's Daniel Bryan, Orton, or even Triple H himself. So, you know, it's great. I like the fact that we're not sure because that makes it interesting and fun to watch. And that's something that we haven't had for a while. It's been very predictable, and that's what we need. We need a little unpredictability. No question. All right, uh, here's another segment before we wrap it up. Bret Hart versus Steve Austin. Best match ever at WrestleMania? Let's take a listen. 17 years ago this week, on March 23, 1997, WrestleMania 13 featured Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin in a submission match with Ken Shamrock as the guest referee. This is one of the greatest WrestleMania matches in history. It's one of the greatest WWE matches in company history. Uh, it was a great match, but also for what it accomplished. It solidified Brett as a heel, or at least it, it kicked off. didn't really kick off his heel turn. That's not really right. I mean, he was already showing signs of, of kind of being the whiny, crybaby Bret Hart before then, but that really sealed the deal, I think, as far as him being a heel and the crowd's reaction. And then the promo he ended up doing a week or two later on Raw where he just told the American wrestling fans to kiss his ass. Steve Austin was launched into the stratosphere largely as a result of this match. They did the double turn, Austin juiced, he had blood streaming down his face. It was great, just great emotion, great post-match stuff, even with Shamrock uh, suplexing Bret Hart over, the crowd's going nuts. It really was a one-match show. There was no other match on this card that came close to being as good as this match, and that included the main event with Undertaker and Sid for the title. And originally, it was going to be... Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels in a WrestleMania 12 rematch for the championship. That was what everything was building towards until Shawn came down with what Bret Hart would call his phony knee injury, lost his smile, gave up the title. It was always funny to me how Shawn came out. He was, a, he was very convincing on that Raw show where he said he lost his smile and he gave up the belt and his eyes were all red and he was crying and talked about how this could be a career-threatening injury. Didn't say it was, but he said it could be. And yet, a month later, I don't even think it was a month and a half, it was about a month later, he's at WrestleMania, he doesn't have a match, but he's at WrestleMania, he's out there for the main event to do commentary, and he's dancing around. There's no limp, there's no crutch, there's no cane, he didn't just walk. He's dancing around like he feels fine. And I'm like, yeah, knee injury, my ass. So I think uh, I think Bret Hart hit the nail on the head with that one, so... Uh, he wasn't very happy because it kind of threw everything into disarray. Believe me, the plan was not to have Shawn Michaels sit and do commentary for the main event of WrestleMania. He was supposed to be in that match, defending his title against Bret Hart, and, and doing the honors for Bret, as Bret did for him the year before, and it didn't quite work out that way. But for Steve Austin, it worked out very nicely. Okay, JJ, agree or disagree? Well, I agree. You know, uh, what I mentioned, when I first got the WWE Network, the first show I watched, was the documentary of the Montreal, well, not really the Montreal Screwjob, but the rivalry between Brett and Sean and how it was a rivalry on TV that escalated into their personal lives, and it became very real. And, you know, we saw in that, in that little documentary that when, you know, Brett was there in the WWE and Sean was coming up in the Rockers, you know, Brett thought it would be a great idea to work with Sean and, you know, something new for the Hart Foundation, who pretty much worked with all the teams at the time, working with the Rockers, was just something new and fresh. 
and then soon Brett would then leave the tag division and go on to a solo career, and then it would take a little bit longer for Sean to follow in Brett's footsteps and to go in his own solo career. We all remember that super kick to Marty Jannetty and then what it did to Sean's career. And they kind of, kind of paralleled each other for many years, and then it led up to, of course, WrestleMania 12, in which they had that Iron Man match. And, you know, the idea was they were going to have a rematch, and then Sean would put Brett over at the following WrestleMania. But then, you know, they were, they were really going at each other real hard because Sean was doing a lot of questionable things at that time in real life. You know, he did uh, Playgirl. He was doing all kinds. He had this real bad reputation, and it was getting difficult for Brett and Sean to work together to put these, you know, these, you know, the storyline together. And Sean didn't really want to do anything with Brett. And then Sean was attacking Brett's family, and then you know, Brett would bring up some of the questionable things Sean was doing. And then suddenly it became very real, and it wasn't just about the wrestling. It was about their personal lives. And then Sean made the announcement to Brett that as long as, you know, Sean was the champion, he would never put Brett over. And that pissed off Brett because, you know, before this whole situation, you had Hogan, you had guys like that who wouldn't put Brett over. So now Brett's the guy, and he's just, he already put Michaels over, and now Sean refused to put Brett over, and that kind of pissed him off. So then we have the Survivor Series, the Montreal Screwjob, where Brett pretty much said, I'm not putting him over. If he won't do the honor for me, I'm not doing it for him. I'll drop the title to anyone else. I'll drop it the next night on Monday Night Raw, but I will not drop it to Shawn Michaels. And for Brett, it was about respect, and Shawn wouldn't do the honors for him. But eventually, because of the Monday Night War and Medusa dropping the Women's Championship in the garbage, Vince couldn't take that risk. He was afraid Brett was going to end up on Nitro and do the same to the WWE Championship. You want to throw away the Women's Championship, they pretty much do that on their own every week. But the WWE Championship, not that title, not that prestigious championship. And Vince couldn't take that chance, so that was the Montreal Screwjob. Yes. Your thoughts, Dominic? Was that one of the best matches ever? You know, J.J. brought a lot of stuff back that I forgot. Yeah, that's true. The Montreal yeah. Screwjob, uh, Sean didn't want to put Brett over. That was the whole thing. That was the problem. I remember him coming out and dancing around like uh, like nothing was the matter with him. Yeah, career injury, my ass. Yeah, the career Yeah, exactly. Okay, uh, Blackjack. Um, I'm just on a different level as far as that goes. All I know is that there was a time where um, it was a, it was best for business for the Brett to leave, and the true feelings between uh, Brett and Sean. Some people just can't get along in business, and that's what it was. And um, there's definitely more that meets the eye with all this stuff here. Yeah, but, there is. There is. But uh, we'll just t- t- take it for the way we see it played out right now. But there was definitely a time where they couldn't um, exist, but now they're just they're like good friends right now. You know, yeah, I don't know how good. best of friends, but they they talk. 
It was a time where they they did never did talk. That's true. Yeah, they actually did a video together, DVD. So. Uh, yeah, now you so- see them on, on appearances. You know, some things you just forget. You know, for, uh, gone and forgotten, like you know what I'm saying, and, and move on with life. And that's where they're at at this stage of the game, you know. But there was a time when you couldn't put these two in a match. You couldn't put them even in the same hotel, you know. You in the one they were partying at the bar or something. You see one at one end and one at the other end. They wouldn't intermingle, you know. And it happens. There's like different uh, cliques and areas. Yes. And of course, uh, WrestleMania will will go back to the day before, where we'll have the inductions of of the Ultimate Warrior, Jake the Snake, Razor Ramon, Paul Bearer, Lita. Is there anybody else? Well, there's Carlos Colon, Mr. T, Razor Ramon, as you as you mentioned, Lita, Paul Bear, Jake Roberts, and Ultimate Warrior. That will be the Hall of Fame class for the 2014 uh, year, and it it should be very interesting because they announced that there will be a believe it or not a red carpet pre-show. Oh yeah, <laughs> to the the WWE Hall of Fame. It will happen one hour before on Saturday in which you'll see Michael Cole, Renee Young, interviewing random superstars, uh, legends, and divas, and they're just going to be talking about uh, some of the inductees and, you know, their memories of them, and then that will kick off the then the Hall of Fame ceremony, which should be on, I believe, at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, and it should be about uh, maybe about two hours or so. That's complete on the network. It will be exclusively on the network Saturday. Whether or not the USA Network does a replay, uh, usually they've been doing that the last few years, but nothing's been announced yet. So as of right now, the only place to watch the Hall of Fame is on the network. I think USA Network is going to give it the day after WrestleMania. No, maybe the Monday night after Raw, but it's only only going to be an hour anyways. They're editing it. Yeah, they're gonna very they're gonna heavily edit and some well, people maybe you before won't get Raw. Like they did last yeah. year. Yeah, maybe before Raw, I'm not sure. Yeah, they gotta edit it heavily because once Ultimate Warrior starts talking, he don't shut up. And he's gonna be the one on T V. Personally, I'd rather see the bad guy. Razor Ramon. Chico I accept this award on behalf of of me. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather see him on TV than the Warrior. The Warrior was on Raw Monday night while they were showing promos of the new DVD, and I said, who's this old bastard talking about the Ultimate Warrior? Well, that's who it was. It was the Ultimate Warrior, who got really old looking, and I didn't even notice it was him. Oh, he was on Monday Night Raw? Or the yep. segment? It was a commercial for his... Uh, yeah, DVD. it was a commercial for the DVD, and he was pu- he was plugging it, and I yeah. said, who is this guy? But it was Ultimate Warrior. Not even recognizable like he used to look at all. Well, did you see him in that commercial with the video game? No. Last year. Oh, from last yeah. year. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a- on YouTube, I believe. 
Yeah. Did he have yeah. makeup on? No, he had no makeup on or nothing on on Raw when they were talking about the uh, the DVD. It was yeah, some white haired guy. I says, I don't, I don't even know who this is. And then I said, Wait a minute, I bet you it's, it is Warrior, and it was. Yeah. Well, he'll be back Saturday, and he'll have an open mic, as Triple H pointed out. And if you remember at WrestleMania 12, he uh, beat Triple H in a squash. And now it was Triple H that went to uh, Warrior to bring him to the Hall of Fame. So right. uh, how time can change things. Can I go back to Very. the days with Triple H when he was in the hog pen match with Henry Godwin? Oh, yeah. Well, her- look what happened since he married the boss's daughter. Ain't that special? <laughs> they used to say Triple H is going to be mid-card for life. And he would be if he didn't marry Stephanie. <laughs> I guess I guess yeah. Triple H decided to go with women after he dated China because we're still not sure what that <laughs> is. <laughs> oh boy! I think China won the ever acknowledge China because of the path she's took now? It's like uh, I don't think they want to know of her. But they no, I don't think so. Oh, with matches with Triple H and the DX. I think one year China borrowed Jay Leno's chin and forgot to give it back. Yeah, yeah I remember telling TNA a couple of years back, but that was it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she was in TNA a couple of years back. Very briefly. Yeah, yeah very briefly. Yeah, but you know the movie, the the the, the uh, industry that she's in now, right? What do you mean? She went to porn. Yeah, but she ain't doing it no more. Oh, no? No, everybody got tired of seeing her pimply ass. She did She did, did three movies. One night in China, another night in China, and everybody's in the back door of China or something like that. Do you think she'll ever get inducted into the Hall of Fame? China? No. Maybe the Porn Hall of Fame or lack <laughs> thereof because they said her X-rated movies were terrible. Yeah, I think X-Pac was in one of them, right? Yeah, he was actually in the first one. Oh, boy. That must have been a nightmare from both, both parties. Yeah, but they had to be a nightmare him. for people that watched it. He they got back into the WWE uh, briefly back. He Again? still acknowledges himself in that company. Who does? X-Pac. Yeah. Stock in the and porno that. company? I don't know. He might. Oh, into the uh, WWE. I seen him last year. Oh, oh, oh. See him in well, Jersey. He's on the network. He's been, on, he's been doing the vintages for the network when they do the countdown. Just recently, they did Beyond the Ring, in which they looked at an in-depth uh, retrospective of Triple H's career, and they had Triple uh, X-Pac doing interviews for it. So they are using X-Pac you know, for the WWE Network and doing interviews. As Blackjack pointed out, he was there, was it last year for the Raw 1000 when they brought DX back? Xbox yeah. was, China wasn't, but Xbox was. Yeah, yeah. I guess you're going to be a lot it? of bridges, man. <laughs> yeah, Tom, are you going to be watching it Sunday? So far, what was that question? Dominic, are you going to be watching WrestleMania? No. Nope, Hello. not getting it this year. Wow. 
when was the last time you didn't get it? I've been getting pay-per-views every year. The last, the last one I got was the Royal Rumble, and it sucked so bad, I'm swearing off WWE pay-per-views. No more. Hey, Johnny, yeah. do you have a computer? Yeah. Okay. There you go. I was, on a, laptop, I was on a laptop yesterday looking up some old stuff. I found I found stuff on Waldo Von Erich, Ernie Ladd, all the all the old time guys. Yeah. That's that's the YouTube right now. You could still uh, find just some good stuff. Hey, Maybe can you find Crusher for Do? Yeah, uh, probably. I could type in Crusher for Do and find something. I tried looking him up against matches with T.J. Strongbow, and uh, nothing pops up. Of course, if a dude was always in Sunnyside Garden, something should pop up on him. He had some great matches against Bruno. I remember that. Yeah, he did. He did. Oscar Vadu. My God. Crusher Vadu. Yep. Oscar Crusher Vadu. Albano's first protege. Yes. Well, we will... We have a recap of it. Uh, thank you, uh, JJ, Dominic, and Blackjack. Pleasure Same to be pleasure here, guys. as always. Dominic, JJ. Thanks, guys. All right. Take care, folks. I'll see okay. you guys in two weeks. Yeah, I'll be, I'll going be back to in two weeks, too. Next week I won't be on because I'm not getting the pay-per-view, so I really won't have much to contribute. Well, I'll be watching, okay. Kings. All right. So I'll, I'll see you guys in two weeks. Okay. Thank you, okay. I'm going to get two weeks, and we'll be back in the uh, next, uh, next uh, week. All right. Good night, Thank guys. Thank you, JJ. We'll Appreciate leave you with him. the Science team. Thanks, everybody. Good night.